Hello, weary traveler, and welcome back to Lonely TTRPG, the actual play and review solo TTRPG podcast. I am your host, Steel Stash, and today we are going to be playing I Am the Forest. So, I Am the Forest is a solo TTRPG focused on map making and storytelling. You play a forest attempting to win back land usurped by a threatening civilization. So, we got Beautiful nature-themed artwork, 12 forest abilities to ravage your foes, unique allies with abilities, random tables, random tables are always fun, a basic drawing guide, and easy PDF navigation. The drawing guide is going to be super important because guess who can't draw? This guy. Uh, made even worse by the fact that uh, this is digital, I'm left-handed, but I use my mouse right-handed. This is going to be fun. All right. So let's go ahead and crack on into this book and see what we got. First off, 80 pages. I really need to start looking at this before we get going. All right. I am the forest. For millennia, my roots lurch through loam of my bed. My children's children expanded upward, towering high to the rim of heaven. Years are days. Spring is my morning, winter is my night, and I creep ever on, unchallenged, until now. All right, so before we dive on into this, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming back. If you like this episode at the end, please give us a rating, give us a review, hit that thumbs up on whatever podcast or YouTube you're watching from. Because it helps. It makes me feel good about myself, too. Because, you know, I play solo games. I don't have a lot of friends. Will you be my friend? Hit the follow button. You can be my friend. Also, be sure to check out some of the other ways that you can help follow or support us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, all those places. We even have a Patreon if you are feeling super generous. But without further ado, let us dive on into this game. So we are going to discover a story through map making and journaling from the perspective of a great forest. Your pristine land has been threatened by civilization's axes, fire, and city. You must reclaim your land and reestablish your roots in the soil of your ancient birthright. So objective, you will create a forest with a unique personality, goal, and landscape features, as well as define an enemy. Your enemy is an unwelcome encroaching culture. Uh, I Am the Forest awakens your personal creativity in several ways. First, you get to embody an eternal forest. Next, you get to creatively interpret the action between your forest and your enemy. And you get to journal all of this. In addition, we seem to have some notes to GM's DMs for adaptation. I Am the Forest can serve you as a powerful world development tool. Use it to create brand new worlds with rich nature versus civilization themes. Or you may import your existing lands and run them through a few years of the game to develop dynamic settings. Alright, so we are going to need a pencil, a notebook dedicated to our forest, a printed character sheet and landscape map, two six-sided dice referred to hereafter as D6, one 12-sided dice, and a good instrumental soundtrack in order to help set the mood. They recommend Jeremy Soul. We will be using Dungeon Glitch. Why? Because Dungeon Glitch lets me use his music for free. 
and he's awesome. His music's awesome, actually. Go check him out on Spotify. Check out Dungeon Glitch. He has all sorts of different ways to uh, find his music. He also makes great games and just did an interview with Reckless Attack. Uh, Matt from Dungeon Glitch has done a lot. Dude is awesome. The very least you can do is go check out his music. It's amazing music, as you can hear from this podcast. All right, so a note to veteran players. This game is based off of elements from OSR, games which use set of attributes, attribute modifiers, opposed skill checks. It differs from traditional RPGs in that it is more focused in scope and gameplay, uses map making and journaling, explores long period of time very quickly, rounds represent entire years, and it is very contemplative. So this is a journaling game. I actually just recently did a whole thread on my Twitter about some of the differences in solo games. Feel free to check that out if you are so inclined. Or if you want to hear me ramble about it on here, then... Tell me. Leave me a comment. Let me know. Oh, there's some of that beautiful artwork already. So, next we're getting into character creation. First, we're going to create our force and a map of our world. Then we will create our enemy and prepare for gameplay. Be sure to set aside about 30 minutes for this process. You'll need 10 minutes for character creation and 20 minutes for territory map creation. Yikes. Already, this is going to be another long episode. We've been trending up. Need to find some shorter games. But not today, because I've been wanting to play this for a while. I saw this game. I was like, that looks awesome. I'm playing it. And you guys are along for the ride. So let us go ahead and get started on that. All right, first thing we need to do is to find our stats. Your forces interconnected web elements. They represent the primal forces which embody your forest. This web of elements is called forest nature types and they exist in four elements wood water earth and air so wood is our ability to grow and control flora water is our ability to control springs lakes rivers all that type of stuff earth is our command of the soil hills and mountains and fire is our ability to control the heavens so each forest contains each of the four nature types Yet each force is uniquely gifted in certain types. Some forces are excellent at commanding water. Others may not be good at using earth. The degree to which a force is gifted in a particular nature type is called the nature value. To determine the unique nature value, use your 2d6 and the character sheet. Roll 2d6 and add their total between 2 and 12 and write it in the force section of the character sheet in the wood box Roll again for all the other elements. Then we will determine our potency, which is how powerful our particular nature type is. The higher the nature value, the higher the potency. You, we will see that potency is added to the dice rolls to determine whether you are successful or not. To fill in the potency, look at the nature value for wood and compare it to the potency table and write that potency between negative two and positive two next to wood's value and do the same for all the others. All right, so we are gonna go ahead and we're going to roll for our stats. So up first, we got a five for wood, four for water, seven for earth, and six for air. Hopefully these are good stats. 
All right, so looking at our potency table, that is going to give us a lot of zeros and a negative one. So we have a zero potency for wood, negative one for water, zero for earth, and zero for air. All right, so story is an integral part of I Am The Forest. As such, you will piece together what you can uncover about your forest past. To determine your history, prepare your notebook and a D12. Roll on each of the forest tables on pages 63 through 65 and note down the results. So, let's go ahead and jump to these tables. First off, we have our forest description. So that is a 10. We are a connected forest. And I'm not seeing where to put this on the character sheet, so I think this is where the journal comes in. Our origins. Now I roll the high numbers. I see how it is. So 12, we roll two origins. So 4 and 10. A tragic war and a wise creature. Our motivation. Our motivation is going to be fight. And our focus is going to be tragedy man this is actually like tying in really well and finally our primary feature description is going to be solitary and our primary feature is going to be a bog all right so looking at this we are a connected forest we're a connected forest that was created through tragic war and a wise creature we're motivated to fight because of tragedy and we are a solitary bog so, I'm going to say that we've always been a boggy force. We were existing on our own, living our best forest life, where everything was connected through the various fungi and water that flowed through us. When war struck, unfortunately, this was a very bad war. And it removed a lot of our connection to water, which is why our water potency is so low now, despite us being a bog. But from the darkness out of the out of the swampy, boggy depths, arose a hag, a bog hag, a bog witch. And she taught us how to fight back. So that we won't have to worry about what happened to us happening ever again. The tragedy of losing so much of our connectedness and our connection with that water that surrounds us is really our big motivation for pushing back. So that is going to be our forest. Next up, we need to define our allies. We are not alone in our desire to retake the land. So to select our ally, we're going to roll a d12 on the ally table. And our ally is going to be a shaman. The shaman seamlessly walks between the forest and the enemy. At once, wild and tame, they respect the balance. So that was nice. In addition to helping teach us how to fight back, the Bogwitch ensured that a shaman would always be present to help guide us and keep us going. Now, we need to determine some history, the bond which our ally has to us. So we're going to roll on the events table. 
and the forest motivation table for our ally. So that will be 2d12 for the events table. So 9 and 12. So a bloody treason. Our ally is bound to us through bloody treason. So it seems that whoever waged the war against us and caused this uh, bog witch to rise, they continued their persecution and betrayed what locals were here. And through that treasonous act, our ally has bound themselves to us. So now we need to do our starting landscape. So for this, we get to really embody our forest. Several steps we might take, but ultimately the process is ours. This step is important and should not be done hastily. Take your time, rework, and fall in love with your forest. The more you invest in each hex, the more invested you will be in the story and the struggle to defend it. So it's supposed to be a hex map. I got a gridded map up. We're just going to leave gridded. There are drawing guides and the drawing guide is actually pretty sweet on here if you do pick this up make sure you check out the drawing guide we are going to randomly roll so we're going to use the forest hex generation table to determine what types of features will be located on groups or hexes so that is once again a d12 and we got a five which is planes our style oh man we are starting rough our poor forest all right so Again, I do not have great ability to draw digitally. So we're going to let this represent our plane. So we got a plane there. And we're going to pretend that we are a sad little bog in this plane. We have been drastically reduced. Actually, we're going to roll a couple more. Let's go ahead and fill this out just a little bit more. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're gonna roll 8d12 and see what we get. We got a lot of numbers. All right, so 11 is gonna be delta. So we're gonna have a little river delta. So let's go ahead and get some nice boggy colors in here. Five is going to be another plane. 12 is going to be an island. So we'll get some of that good, good bog right there and put a little, couple little islands on it. Nine is Swamp. Outstanding. Two is going to be some hills. So we'll go back to our plain colors. Add some hill country. Seven will be pines. Never seen bog pines before, but get a little bit of pine action right there. Those are beautiful pines. Don't judge me. Two again which is some more hills and one, which is going to be a river. So yeah, we'll have that river, like that Delta kind of comes in and disappears under the plains and the hills and then kind of reappears in this corner. All right. So now we need to find the enemy. The enemy has a unique nature, but unlike your forest, the enemy's nature is destructive and corrosive. The four nature types are chop, burn, carve, and pollute which is their aggressiveness with blades, their mastery of flame, their adeptness at terraforming, and just how they handle waste. 
So, same thing. We're going to roll 2d6 for each of our enemy values, and they will have their own potency. Damn, I was going to say outstanding the enemy sucks, but apparently they don't. Apparently they don't too bad. So they got a 6 for chop, 4 for burn, 3 for carve, but a 10 for pollute. That actually fits in really well with the backstory we have. It's almost like uh, the fates are on us on this. So that's going to be a 0, negative 1, negative 1. But that 10 is going to give them a plus 1 to pollute. So our enemy, not, not the bet. Like they're really not interested in chopping us or burning us or doing anything to our land. They are using us as a dump. How dare they? Now we need to roll a D12 for their culture. What little culture they have besides trying to kill us. And it's flame scales. The flame scales descend upon the land in a flurry of fire and acid. <laughs> so they get a plus three to burn and a plus two to pollute. That is annoying. So their burn just went from negative one to plus two. And their pollute went from plus one, or plus one to plus four. How dare they? Of course they did. Luckily, we have our own abilities, which grant a potency bonus when using certain nature type and ally abilities, which cause chaotic effects. So our abilities are going to be located in Chapter 5. All the abilities are located in Chapter 5. I'm sorry. So we're going to pick one force ability that interests us. And we're going to select an ability for which our nature value is 5 or greater, considering when you want to take an ability to boost one of your low potencies or to bolster a strong potency. Write it on your character sheet, circling level 1. And we will have the option to gain more abilities as we go on. Alright, so unfortunately we had some technical issues and lost a little bit on the sheet creation. So just to run down what we ended up doing, alright... We selected our force abilities. We get one, and we went with Pummel Earth, a way to punish our enemies. Then we assigned all of our enemy stats, which was the same as assigning our stats, okay? Roll 2d6 down the line, put the totals right in there. Potency comes from here. In addition to that, there is also the enemy attributes, or there's an additional enemy thing that gives them certain abilities and so our particular one increased burn and pollute on our enemy which is why even though pollute is a 10 which should only be a plus one they have a plus four because they got plus three to their pollute so diving into gameplay this is how gameplay works all right your year is divided up into a couple steps so step one Everything resets. All your abilities and scores reset. Step two, the enemy gets to go. They're going to roll a d12 to decide which hex they're going to attempt to engage or encroach on. You're going to roll a d12 to determine which of these stats right here the enemy is going to use in order to do their encroachment. 
Then they will roll 2d6 plus their proficiency bonus. And that will be their turn. Then you get a chance to defend. You get to choose whatever proficiency you want. And you roll your 2d6 plus proficiency. In addition, you can also use an ability. Like your force ability or your ally ability. Now, be aware... If you use an ability on defense, you cannot use an ability on attack. So, something to watch out for. Ability management. All that being said, if the enemy score beats your score after all of that, then they successfully encroach upon that square. If your score beats their score, then you successfully defended. Now it is your turn. Pick a square. Start your encroachment and start building your forest same thing you are going to choose your attribute you're going to roll 2d6 plus proficiency and ability if you have it for the forest abilities you will add whatever your level is whatever the forest ability level is so for example pummel earth is at level one so if i use pummel earth i get to add plus one or your ally ability, which is whatever the ally ability table says. Alright, so you roll all that. Then you roll a d12 to show how the enemy will attempt to defend. Come back to your enemy table and roll 2d6 plus their proficiency. Again, if you beat them, then you get to encroach upon their land. Now, growth points... All right, growth points, which you see up here. The way growth points work, if you successfully defend or encroach, you get a growth point. So you can have two growth points per turn. You can get up to four if you roll doubles. That is a special rule. If you run into it, we will talk about it. But otherwise, you will see it in the rule set. All right, so you get two growth points per turn, typically. With those growth points, once you have done your turn, you get to decide how you want to grow your forest, and you may use your growth points. One point will increase any of your nature values by one. So you can do that in order to try to pump up some of your stats. Or you can save them up. If you want to increase your a skill level, that's going to be two growth points, Learning a new skill is going to be two growth points. And if you want to automatically take over a new hex, that will be four growth points. So there is some value. However, it seems in the early years, using your growth points to increase your stats is going to be the key. All right. So you have to be able to either successfully defend or successfully take land. That's going to be the key. At least get some growth points. Start bumping those stats up so that you can tip the scales in your favor as you do things. All right. So without further ado, let us get into year one. So like I said, year one, we are going to start off with resetting all our, our abilities. Next up, the enemy is going to attempt to invade us. They rolled a six, so they are going to be coming from our east and trying to take our Middle Hills area. Oh, no, that was a nine. That was a nine. That's what I get for looking at the dice and not at the calculator. 
So they're gonna be coming from the southeast and attempting to invade our rivers. And how are they gonna try to encroach on our rivers? With carves. So they're gonna attempt to terraform our rivers. They're gonna come in and they're going to try and dig up our rivers. So how strong are they with that? So that is a seven. All right, 2d6 minus one. That is a seven. So I don't like them coming and trying to dig up my rivers. So I'm going to use my command of the earth and I'm going to attempt to fight back against their shovels. I'm gonna have the earth feel hard and frozen under their work so that they tire out and they get annoyed and they give up. Now I have no modifiers to earth so I'm just rolling 2d6. And I roll a five. Of course, of course. So unfortunately, they take over my Riverlands. They take over my Riverlands, but it is my turn and I don't like that. So I am going to attempt to have the earth reform itself into the proper river pathways. And I'm going to save my ability because my level one shaman ability is actually pretty awesome. It can force a reroll. In this situation, I would have to use it before I roll the enemy defense. But I can roll my attack first. Which is a five. So I'm going to go ahead and have my shaman come out and give a... Give an ominous omen. Yeah, I'm declaring it. She's going to come out and she... My shaman is going to come out and she's going to give an ominous omen. Lightning is going to crack in the sky. And she's going to look at the workers attempting to contain my reshaping back to originality and she is going to declare to them <laughs> when the light cracks the sky those who defy the forest will die so for their first roll they got a four which is annoying because i would have won i doubt i'm rolling that low again they got an eight so because I made them fall back and regroup, they did manage to successfully defend against me. So I have earned no growth points this turn, and I've lost a piece of land. This is no bueno. Actually, what I forgot to do was I forgot to uh, properly assign what they were going to be defending with. It kind of doesn't matter at this point because, yes, they lost. I'm not going to go back and do it because that might be a potential for them to fail. So, just remember, you got to roll your d12 to decide how they're going to defend against you. So, we are on year two. I am one square smaller. And the enemy is now going to come north, and they're going to attempt to invade my northern plains. I think my digital dice just landed on its side, which is awesome. But the computer says that it was an eight which is carve. So they're going to, once again, try to terraform the plains. Uh, looks like they're trying to level everything out in order to build a city. So that is a 2d6 minus one. Let's see how well they do at that. That is a five. Outstanding. Yeah, once again, I'm gonna have the earth attempt to resist them. I am not going to use any ability. I'm just going to have the earth uh, attempt to resist their attempts at leveling. Uh, it's going to maintain its sloping nature. And that is a five. I don't think there are any rules for this, so I'm going with if it meets, it beats. So I have successfully defended against their attempts to terraform my planes. 
Now it is my turn. I want my river back. I, I have lost my connection with the water through the last attempt at encroachment that these guys have done. And I'm not happy about this. I want to maintain all the waters and wetlands that I can. So, once again, I'm going to have the Earth attempt to reform the banks around the river that they were trying to cut up. And I'm going to fail this roll. Like, I'm not even going to, uh, I'm not even going to bother with, like, any type of rerolls or abilities. Because I doubt that I can get them to roll lower than a three. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, so they just rolled, they're going to attempt to resist my efforts with burn, which they have a plus two to. Which means, mathematically, they win. Alright, you can't roll a 1 on 2d6. So, they have successfully defended against my encroachment. Now, the bright side is, I did get a growth point. So, we are now entering the growth phase. I'm going to take that growth point, and I'm going to bump my earth from 7 to 8. This does not give me any additional abilities yet. However... I am now one away from the next threshold. So now they are coming for my Western bogs. And how are they coming for my Western bogs? With pollution, of course. The thing they have plus four in. Yeah, so they are just going to start dumping all of their pollution into my bogs. Into my little swampy area. The one little piece left of my true core and I'm like, I'm already going to say this up front. My shaman is going to, my shaman is going to come out and make her, well, actually 11. Yeah. My shaman is going to come out and she's going to make her ominous omen and attempt to scare them and force them to regroup. And they got a 13. They win. I can only roll like at best I can roll a 12. So yeah, they successfully take over my bogs. So, now that it is my turn, I'm going to attempt to take my bogs back. Yeah, I have no ability that I can use. So, all I can do is attempt to have... You know, at this point, I'm going to have... I'm going to summon the winds. I'm going to summon the winds, and I'm going to attempt to have the winds push back against the pollution. And force the pollution back. And I got a six. Alright. Let's see how they will defend against me. Outstanding. The thing they have a negative one in. That helps out a little bit. So, they're going to attempt to build windbreaks and all of that in order to prevent my raging winds from pushing the pollution back against them. And unfortunately, they're going to fail. Actually, fortunately for me, they're going to fail. So, I have successfully regained my bogs. I'm not even going to bother marking my growth point in the column because I'm going to put that directly in Earth. So that I can get a plus one in Earth. So moving on to year four. All of my abilities reset. How are they attacking me? They are trying to come through the bogs again. Apparently they feel some type of way about me reclaiming my boggy area. But they think they're going to terraform it first. Because their attempts at building windbreaks were so successful last time. So they're going to roll 2d6 minus 1. And they're going to get a 6. Mm. So I am going to have the... I'm going to instead have the Earth... Yeah, I'm going to continue to have the Earth attempt to resist their shovels. Now I have a plus 1 to it though. Oh, I got doubles. I got doubles. 
So, what does doubles mean? Alright, so whenever a roll comes up as doubles, then three effects happen. These three effects happen even if an ability creates or negates a double. Alright, so the... So, a random event must occur. So, we roll on the event table and interpret the results of the outcome of the encroachment. Two hexes are now at stake. If the encroacher wins, they take two valid hexes. And there are now two growth points at stake. Alright, so this will be interpreted in my favor. But, I'm going to roll 2d12. Got... Nine nine, outstanding. So a bloody civilization. Ooh. So the event is a the event and description is a bloody civilization, and this bloody civilization has attempted to invade the bogs and terraform the bogs. Unfortunately, as they continue to dig into the swampy earth and attempt to terraform and build up windbreaks and drain that swamp. They found themselves sucked in and devoured by the swamplands. So that's gonna give me that's gonna give me two points right there. It is now my turn, and I want to get my planes back. Oh, I'm sorry. They said that they did say that two squares were at stake. So I'm going to say my, like, not only did I defend my bogs, my bogs managed to extend themselves. Good for them. It is about time we see some growth from these horrid, horrid people trying to pollute our beautiful ecosystem. And now for my turn, I want to get my, I want to get my river back. I want to get my river back. Once again, I'm going to attempt to have the earth. It just doesn't seem to be. It does not seem to be. Apparently, that river is lost to me. Uh, I rolled a five. I rolled a five. That is... Oh, no. That's doubles. That's doubles. Ha ha. Oh, no. That's doubles. So, once again, double rules are going to apply. So, let's see how they are going to defend against me. Shoot. Yeah, that's with a plus two. So they have a pl they rolled burn, which they have a plus two on. I'm going to have my shaman force them to re-roll because that is my best option for success. Yeah, so first roll was a seven. Second roll was a seven. God dang it. I rolled one four, then four one. That is horrible. So I lose... No, I was invading. So I only lose one tile. I'm only going to say I lose one tile. I, I do not successfully take the tile that I was going after. And I'm going to lose a tile. And I do not get any additional growth points. And we will roll a 2d12 to find out how this went down. 10 and 2. So it was a broken betrayal. So as my shaman goes out in an attempt to deliver her ominous omen... Another member of her family sneaks out and manages to successfully convince everybody that 
Grandma, grandma was off her meds. Grandma doesn't know what she's talking about. It is a slanderous lie. We love our shaman in this forest. Uh, we love these, we love these descendants of the bog witch. But this child managed to unfortunately go out and convince the workers that, that our shaman was just talking crazy. And it allowed them to successfully come out and just not only defend against our attempts at reshaping the earth, but also conquer another land. So with our growth points, though, we got a, we do have two growth points. We do have two growth points. With those two growth points, I could get air within one point of being a plus one. Or I could get, actually, uh, it's one of those, honestly, I would put it in Earth, move Earth up to 11. That's still a plus one, but it is very close to a plus two. And that is going to close out year four. And that is going to close out our playthrough of I Am The Forest. So, so, thoughts. This is another great game. This is definitely uh, this definitely seems like one of those more long form games. You really seem only limited to how big you want to make. All right, you want to make a small map, you can play a small game. You want to make a big map, you can play a big game. So if you're looking for if you're looking for something that's going to last a while, then I would take a big map. I plop yourself down somewhere in it. And I would just start playing. If I was going to do that, then I would also do something along the lines of having multiple enemies. Like pick certain points along the way that I would declare, hey, this civilization ends and this civilization begins. You could also potentially roll for other force and whatnot. Like if you're going to do a giant map, do a giant map. Populate it with different enemies, populate with different forests. And you can have them all like kind of go through and encroach and compete against each other. Now it does it does say that you can use this as a way to approach your world building for your own worlds, for your homebrew worlds. Honestly, like I've played games that I thought would be fun mini games and one shots and ways to help build stuff. Outside of character creation. Like, I would totally use character creation to create some type of environment for, like, my ranger and my party to survive. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to be a ranger or druid-centric, like, one-shot. Like, using this, uh, using this overall, unless you were really digging into the forest is alive attribute, I don't know how much it would go for improving your D&D or your Pathfinder game. Like, you would definitely have to... You would definitely have to dig in and look at some of the various monsters that would go in those environments and biomes. Because at the end of the day, you can't just do shambling mounds for everything. I mean, shambling mound is a great monster, but you can't use it for everything. So, I don't... I don't know how much I would do this for 
my games. If you find use for your games, by all means, you do you. Your tables, your rules. But as a solo game, as a game to just play for a little bit of fun, this was fun. It was great. I loved embodying this forest. And like, I know I didn't do any of the drawings or anything like that. Let me pull up this drawing guide for you guys. Where is this drawing guide at? Like this drawing guide, it's very simple, but it's a beautiful representation of some of the stuff that you can do. You know, very easy, doesn't take a whole lot of skill. Just throw some lines down. Or, in the case of what we did, you know, you can just use random colors and shapes. All right? At the end of the day, the point is to have fun, to show your force growing, expanding, contracting, hopefully expanding, because that is the goal. But still, the goal is to show how your force builds on itself or loses to the civilization. So it is definitely a very fun game. I really did enjoy it. It definitely leads itself more to some long-term play. The little bit of time that we spent on this, probably not enough. But, like I said, I wanted to play a couple years. I wanted to show you guys what it was like. So, go check this out. It is on Itch, and it is on DriveThru. So, you can go to DriveThruRPG and search for I Am The Forest. Find it on there. Or you can go to grismund.itch.io slash I Am The Forest. On Itch, it is name your own price. Please throw a couple bucks to the creator. And when you do, make sure you tell them that Steel Stash sent you. All right. I want, uh, I want creators to come up and say, hey, thanks for helping highlight my game. And speaking of game highlights, make sure you check out last week's episode on Grimoire. There is a little bit of surprise for y'all. There is a 40% discount hidden in the episode. So make sure you check out the episode and find that discount code that is valid for the rest of June 2022. But definitely go check out I Am The Forest. Go check out their go check out their page. Look at this game. It is a beautiful game. And definitely get it. Definitely throw some money their way. Because 80 pages. 80 pages of work and some beautiful artwork too on top of that. But I have been Seal Stash. That is all for today. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome. You've been listening to Lonely TTRPG, the solo TTRPG live play and review. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also reach us at Twitter at BDDC underscore pod or at BlackDragonDungeonCompany at gmail.com. If you really like us, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash BlackDragonDungeonCompany. Thank you so much.